This is a special episode of the Creative Genesis podcast. Check it out. You are listening to the Creative Genesis podcast by Winfluence Media, the show that speaks to professionals in the creative field and entrepreneurs, asking them how they got started so that you too can begin your own journey. If you're looking to step up your journey as a creative or entrepreneur, then you are in the right place. So stay tuned and follow the Creative Genesis podcast, the stepping stone to your success. They say that uh, winners never quit. Mm. But on the other hand, a quitter will never win. Mm. Once you give up, then it's like someone's chopped off your legs. You will never be able to go back. Mm. And that becomes the mental ineptitude I was talking about. But that's then screwed you up mentally that I can't do it. I can't do it. Mm. Hello and welcome. You are tuned into the Creative Genesis podcast by your host Ryan Lobo. Today I speak with a brilliant motivational speaker, entrepreneur and the author of the book Rubies in My Years, Mr. Sanjeev Lal. He speaks on the subject the guts of motivation. And you have to watch this episode if you want to truly understand what it takes to motivate yourself beyond the ordinary. This episode has the power to change the way you think about motivation and possibly change your life. Content is everything these days and with the rise of real content businesses now more than ever need to start employing high converting content for their businesses. Listen to this quote without marketing there will be no sales and without sales there will be no money without money there will be no business. Marketing is the name of the game. Are you a business based in Goa? Well if you are then we are the marketing partner for all of your requirements from shooting real content to setting up your very own podcast to shooting and editing professional face to camera content for your business we have the most professional setup for your video production requirements if you need content on a monthly basis we are the agency for you contact us at videoproductiongoa@gmail.com or whatsapp us on 7083 401793 to get to know us better you can even watch our presentation video on winfluencemedia.in that's w i n f l u e n c e m e d i a.in winfluence media media that wins so let's get back to the show we have with us mr sanjeev lal and he has some mind blowing insights on what motivation truly is so let's dive right into it So welcome to a special episode of the Creative Genesis podcast. We're here with Mr. Sanjeev T. Lal. He has traveled to various countries. He's an entrepreneur. He has multiple businesses. He has written a book. I'm going to tell you about that book a little later. And today he's going to talk to us on the subject of the guts of motivation. He's a motivational speaker. He speaks at many colleges and many places. So thank you so much sir for accepting this invitation to come on the Creative Genesis podcast. We've known each other for about 4 years and it's great that you're on this podcast finally. Thank you Ryan. Thank you for having me here. It's it's great. It's uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so you know when when I asked you what would you like to speak about, I really loved what you said. You said many people have aspirations. They want to achieve things. They want to get things done. They have the motivation in the beginning 
but then slowly they lose steam and they're not able to accomplish what they want to do uh, there are so many people who start out with great hopes and dreams but really don't end up doing uh, what they want to do and there are so many people who also there are very few people who truly succeed you know the majority of them kind of slow down and don't hit the mark so i'd love to know what you have to say about that <coughs> well i'll tell you a little story um it was in the year 1977 i just finished uh, my ba in political science mm-hmm. and since i was calcutta i had a very good uh, college life i was uh, having a well of a good time mm-hmm. and political science what i did is is a no brainer okay and i did it only because it was the easiest subject to study all right all science and towards the uh, last year of my college uh, my father's friend who was also my guardian in school right in college rather would tell me that what are you doing wasting your time in uh, india there's you know going to get anything out of it you mm. might get a job at 1000 rupees or 1500 rupees a month mm. what what are you going to do with it so i said well what should i do so he said well i think you should go abroad okay and uh, you go go abroad and make a life for yourself so i was about uh, not even i was just 21 so i said where should i go he says well i would suggest to go to iran so i said iran so he said yeah it's a lot of beautiful women and a lot of money and uh, you love it uh-huh. so i said but iran is a desert he says yeah it is so i said what do you, what am i going to do there he says well i export bicycles to iran okay and i'll talk to my business partner there who imports bicycles mm. he's a sardar gentleman and i've been selling him i'm doing business with him for many many years very nice guy so you go there so i said all right three drinks later i'd made up my mind that i'm going to go to iran <laughs> and i got a call from mr bose who's my guardian about 10 days later and he says listen i've spoken to this guy why didn't you come over for a drink so i went yeah. to his house for a drink and he said yeah he's willing to take you on so i said i show sure? he said yeah now 77 iran was a very different country yeah, i didn't have much today. money i went to my mother i told her that, listen i'm going to iran so she thought i was kidding her so i said no no i'm really going i need 8000 rupees from you because i need to buy a ticket mm-hmm. so she gave me 8000 rupees i somehow managed to get a visit visa for iran because there's okay. nothing known as a visit visa for iran right. because no one goes over a visit at least in those years and i arrived in iran and he said him i'm going to tehran you come with me on the same flight mm-hmm. i'll get you on the job you'll stay with those people mm-hmm. i said fine i went with uh, 300 us dollars in my pocket i think it was and we arrived in tehran the gentleman was there to meet me mm-hmm. and i thought i'm going to be taken to his house right. but instead of being taken to his house he took takes me to a hotel uh-huh. and he said you're going to stay here that night so i said okay i was kind of surprised because i was under the impression that i'm going to stay with them mm-hmm. and i stayed in the hotel for about 3 nights costing about 40 or 50 bucks a day and i only had 300 or that 400 i can't remember and i said what am i going to do <laughs> and uh, i was not i was totally taken aback okay and i said this is not good for me i made a mistake i need to go back and uh, mr bo said i'm going back on on friday and if you don't like it you come back with me so i made a booking to go back to delhi yeah 
the last day of my trip we were having lunch mm. at the maharaja hotel there's always a maharaja hotel in any uh, you in know any serving indian food in any capital <laughs> so we are having uh, dinner uh, lunch at the maharaja hotel and uh, the sadar gentleman who was supposed to be my host told me that maharaja patiala sitting right there so that got my ears up i said really where is he he said he's sitting there now the maharaja of patiala. patiala wow okay so i uh, said i need to go and talk to him and i got up i don't know this guy i went up to him and said excuse me i my name is sanjeev can i have a word with you now he was having a business meeting mm. with another sadar gentleman and another indian gentleman so uh, he said yes so i said my name is i repeated my name is sanjeev and you know my family you mm. know my mother's younger brother he's a very good friend of your brother oh, okay and uh, and uh, i said my father's in the army and uh, you were in the army i think you even knew him mm-hmm. because he was much senior to you okay so he said yes give me what is his father's name so i mentioned it i mentioned my uh, my mother's brother and he said yes of course he said pull up a chair so i sat down there and he said what are you doing here i said that's exactly what i've come to you about <laughs> i've come here for a job okay he said you come here for a job how do you have a job i said no he said no why did you come looking for a job so he said that's a good run so uh, he turns around to the other sadar gentleman and he says this is a uh, someone i known for many many years can you help him find a job mm-hmm. so the other sadar gentleman says yes i can help him mm-hmm. come and meet me in my office in two days mm-hmm. now i had a ticket to ticket, go back to right. delhi at 6:30 in the evening yep now i had the choice of either sticking it through or returning that evening mm. and uh, his highness maharaja patiala said come and have a drink with me this evening at mm. 7 pm at the hilton mm-hmm. so i said now either i'm going to be having a drink at the hilton or i'm going to be on the plane yeah so he said well will you come to me this evening i said yes i will so i did not go to the airport airport did you get your money back or Well, no. that I don't know. No, no, I didn't get my money back because my uh, I I had a return ticket, and the return ah, okay. ticket is only valid for eight months or six months or what. So that exhausted. But what I'm trying to say is that turned out to be the best decision. And why did it become a best decision? Yeah. Because then I moved into a working. So you had uh, dinner with him. I had dinner with him. First time in my life that I had wine, red wine, in that uh, glass, and I was wondering what the hell is all this. And uh, he he was in Iran. okay on contract had been called by the shah of iran mm-hmm. to uh, make uh, the deserts of uh, iran into into green areas wow okay so he says well my project is not off the ground but once it gets off the ground maybe you can come and work for me mm-hmm. i said when will that take you so that take might take a year yeah so you need something to do for that year so yep. go and meet that other gentleman and he'll uh, fix you up hopefully but what i'm trying to say is that that decision not to go could have either worked for me or it may have kicked me in the backside mm. life was very tough very very tough i couldn't speak the language i had no qualification to actually work because mm-hmm. i all I had was pol science and pol science was absolutely zero in iran mm-hmm. you had to be an engineer or you had to be a doctor uh, or you had to have some uh, professional qualification like right. a welder or uh, something like that or a plumber i had none mm. within one day i realized that i was totally unqualified to do anything anything i was totally i was totally misfit i was unqualified the only thing that i had was the ability to speak english 
and uh, think on my feet so i thought mm-hmm. so i stuck it out for about 2 uh, 3 months didn't have a job it was very very difficult very very difficult here. having 1 million a day and i was wondering as oh, really? what am i doing here i mm-hmm. had a life back in india and here i am and the reason that i never returned to india was because if i came back with the tail between my legs everyone would say look you came you've come back now who the hell told you to go mm-hmm. you know it all right Three months later, I landed a job. Three in months it took? Three months. In an American containerized shipping company called Sealand. Sealand at that time was the yeah, world's yeah. largest containerized shipping company in the world. Yeah, I read this in your book. Yeah. So I ended up working for Sealand. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Because I did not have the right qualification, I could not get a work permit. Okay. But they kept me. They kept me for one month on mm. trial because I told them that I'll try and get the work permit on my own because I've been assured by these people that if I get a job, they'll get me the work permit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I couldn't get the work permit and after one month, I went back to my boss and he said, look, you're doing a good job. So as long as you don't tell anyone that you're working without a work permit, we'll keep you mm-hmm. on a permanent basis but without a work permit. So mm-hmm. I said, okay, so life became very good mm-hmm. and uh, things began to work out. But what I'm trying to say is the decision to stick it through worked for me. Had it not worked, I would have been finished. Mentally, I would have been a wreck. Mm. I got so much confidence there that little thing gave me a lot of confidence and about a year later uh the insurgency started in Iran mm. the civil revolution yep Khomeini came back from France mm-hmm. and the shah was kicked out mm-hmm. and there was heavy insurgency and uh, uh, I was told to leave so they gave me 48 hours to leave the country mm. so some things that you do impact you very very hard and that impacted me i came out of that a winner i mean i had enough money to travel all over europe oh yeah and uh, because of this job that because of got. the job i mean i uh, was earning in uh, in uh, iranian rials but i i had when i left the country uh, i took with me deutsche marks or french francs swiss francs uh, british pounds us dollars so i was having a really good time mm uh finally wound up in spain and i did a one month stint there because mm-hmm. the country manager of spain was formerly the country manager of iran mm-hmm. so he told me that if you ever in in spain and looking for a job come and meet me so that worked for me mm-hmm. many people who duck out it impacts them negatively which does not allow them to function you might get into alcohol you might get into drugs uh, you're not you, the ability to function uh is a very uh, prohibitive in your psyche mm-hmm. fortunately it worked the other way for me when i came back to india and well, if i may summarize your experience there you made a very difficult decision whether you should go back to india or go and meet uh, the patia Preci- precisely yeah. precisely precisely and taking that very uh, step not knowing whether you would succeed or not not even having enough money it was a very uh, scary situation it could be it was very scary i mean i was in a uh, you know staying in a working men's hostel room of six boys mm-hmm. and i chose the upper bunk it was like a, a railway bunk right. system yeah. there were two beds like this and four beds on bunks so i chose in the chose the top bunk because no one sits on the top bunk mm-hmm. at least i thought that my bed will be clean and only yeah. i will be sitting there was sleeping there 
but it was very difficult i told i said i didn't have money i was having one meal a day for three months it was pretty pretty ghastly yeah and i think your experience that okay life is tough and if you make decisions life is going to be difficult but you can come over yes. overcome it yeah yeah because i think that's what uh, i okay i okay it. it and it gave me it gave me a huge uh, boost of confidence right and that allowed me to uh, think that i can do anything as long as i set my mind to it mm. so this business of setting your mind to it is 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 a mental psyche right mm-hmm. i mean there are lots of people who have the engineering degrees they have the qualifications but they're not able to function because there is something else which is pulling them back here mm. maybe a bad experience or whatever uh, uh the ability of the unknown you're frightened that if i go there what's going to happen to me you actually mm. don't know what's going to happen so you're worried about the unknown mm-hmm. and that sometime pulls you back more often than not it pulls you back okay all right and so after that what did you do after that i i came back to uh, to to india and for the first year i worked for my cousin brother he wanted to set up a uh, factory producing dictaphones dictating machines mm-hmm. he was working and he said he didn't want to quit his job till that company was set up so i was at a loose end so i did that for a year got him up to production level and then i quit and then i went and joined my uh, my mama my mother's brother who was in partnership with the maharaj of jaipur okay and they were into selling commodities and since i had the shipping experience uh, it, it was a very glamorous job working with these guys and i did that for about 3 uh, 4 years and so let's uh, let's go back to your history uh, where were you born i believe you your mom or your father was from the uh, royal family uh, my mother was but my father was an army officer okay and uh, he uh, had a lot of known family stations so he was, I, i i saw very little of him and uh, when i was about 10 years old the indian pakistan war took place in 1965 which mm. in which he was grievously injured and passed away the the following year mm. and uh, my mother was from uh, the punjab though her uh, her own mother maternal my maternal grandmother was bengali mm. my mother was punjabi mm. so there was a mix and uh, thereafter i was shunted off to boarding school okay lord school sana so i was in boarding school for about 6 years where, where is the school uh, lord school sana up in kasoli in, oh, okay. uh, in, Sh- in shimla hills all right it's a the oldest co-ed i think it's a uh, army school it was an army school started by the uh, by, by the british army right uh, 1847 so the oldest uh, co-ed public school i think uh, perhaps in the world uh, you know i, I think uh, veerdas the comedian also studied there maybe maybe yeah because we were shooting him and he he mentioned some yeah there are lots of uh, people up there so from there i came down to calcutta because mm-hmm. my mother had remarried and she was staying in ranchi Mm. that's how i wound up in calcutta mm. and that's how i went to sindhivis so came back to india then in the early 80s uh, did these jobs that i mentioned yep and then again left yeah 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 and that's when i did that job that you were talking about in in paris ah okay mm. yeah So from India then you went to Paris or no uh, no from India I uh, I went to uh, Singapore because my sister and brother-in-law were living in Singapore 
So I went to Singapore for a holiday. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering uh, what to do. I was uh, in between jobs. Right. And uh, so I was in Singapore on holiday and uh, uh, for 10 days prior to that, I had been told that the uh, that Maharaj of Jaipur was having a poolside dinner mm-hmm. for a billionaire from Saudi Arabia. Okay. His secretary told me that, Sanjeev, I'm just telling you this information. Don't tell anyone that I told you. I said, all right. So I said, who's this guy? He says, I don't know. I mean, those days there was no Google. Uh, uh, a name came to me and I did not know anything. Yeah. So I had a friend of mine working in uh, Citibank in uh, in Saudi. Mm-hmm. And so I called him or sent him a, yeah, I called him and I said, listen, do you know this guy? He says, listen, I'm in Saudi Arabia. I've heard of this guy. But I, th- I think he banks to the bank. Give me about uh, 10 days, I'll find out. So 10 days later, he tells me, yeah, this guy is a uh, big shit. He's the, he's the world's biggest dealer in cement. Mm, okay. And so I said, he asked me, why do you want to know? I said, he's coming apparently to India to meet his Aina Jaipur. Mm. And I thought I'll go and meet him and introduce myself and, and worm in and, and get, a, get a job. Yeah. So he says, uh, only you can do that. I said, well, n- no harm done. Yeah. So you you were already Im- embedded in high circles well, weather. Yeah, yeah. I mean fair amount I guess. And uh, so I knew his Highness Jaipur's younger brother. Okay. He's a great guy. We used to sit and drink together a lot. Ah you you, yeah. you learned a yeah. particular lesson yeah. from yeah. him which yeah. I read in the yeah. book about uh, drinking. Yeah. So I uh, rang him up and I said listen uh, apparently next week this guy is coming from Saudi Arabia. He said I don't know. I don't I've never heard of this guy. And apparently there's a dinner. Uh-huh. and then next to the pool and uh, have you been invited he says no i have not been invited but why don't you come along stay with me and if there's a dinner i'll definitely be invited and okay. you come with me as my house guest oh lovely so i said all right so i put on my suit and arrived in uh, jaipur mm-hmm. and then stayed with him and the dinner was that evening okay so i said are you invited he says of course i'm invited come with me mm. so we arrived we we arrived about 20 minutes late or half an hour late and when we entered the lawn there was a long line of people standing in a single file waiting to meet this guy okay i okay. said damn it uh, <laughs> i mean i i thought i'm going to be the only guy now that but i'm 25 people at the back right and he was there along with his uh, f- uh, third wife she was a french lady okay very pretty woman now we were standing in in a single file waiting to meet him now you're going to meet someone myself sanjeev or whatever who the hell knows he will not remember who i am yes yeah and you meeting this guy uh, he is meeting so many people first time to india is not familiar with indian names right so i went there shook his hand and gave my name obviously he just was water over ducks back um, i shook hands with his wife water over ducks back so and you know in 5 seconds what am i going to do employ me give yeah. me give me a job no way uh, so no way so i said this is a bad exercise i went and i said since i'm here i might as well have a few drinks <laughs> i want to have some nice dinner yeah. and the next day go back to delhi next yeah. day i went back to delhi and said that was a bloody waste of time 10 days later i'm in singapore okay this and is uh, with your sister kumbhu <laughs> now telephone directories i had this company's name in in riyadh mm-hmm. so i rang up the company spoke to his secretary and i said that i my name is sanjeev tilal and i met uh, dr Gethfaron his name was Gethfaron okay Lebanese guy 
in uh, Jaipur along okay. with Maharaja Jaipur. So wait, you called uh, his secretary in France? In Riyadh. In Riyadh, okay. From Singapore? Yeah. Okay. So now that I had told her, told his secretary that I had met her boss yeah. along with His Highness the Maharaja of Jaipur in Jaipur mm-hmm. as a, and she assumed as a guest. Right. So I've established my credentials. Mm-hmm. I must be, I can't be a, uh, in a coop uh, doing yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, so she said, yes, uh, and how can I help you? I said, well, I need to talk to Dr. Geth Faron. Mm-hmm. So she said, he's not here. All right, where is he? He's in New York. Okay. And uh, so I said, where is he staying in New York? So she said, he's staying in the Pear Hotel. Pear Hotel was a, one of the big, better hotels in mm-hmm. New York City. So I said, can you give me his room number? Mm-hmm. So she said, sure. So she gave me the room number. And uh, I said, thank you very much. And she said, I'll also tell him that you had called. Okay. So I said, great. So I called up the Pier Hotel. Mm-hmm. Singapore, I think, was about 14 or 15 hours ahead right. of New York City. Yeah. Asked for the room number. And his wife picked up the phone. Mm. The same lady I'd met ah, okay. in Jaipur 10 days earlier. Right. And I said, uh, you know, good morning. It was about maybe 9 a.m. in the morning in New York City time. Yeah. So she said, "Good morning." She said, "You know, my name is Sanjeev, and I uh, I don't know the, I don't know whether you recall, but I met you in Jaipur for ten days ago." She said, "Really?" I said, "Yeah, really." And I, I wanted to talk to uh, uh, Doctor Faron. So she says, "You know, I met so many people, but I think I may re- remember you." So I said, "Yeah, be as you think how the how the hell will you remember me?" Yeah. No, no, no I think so. So I said, I want to talk to your husband. So she said, he's not here. Mm-hmm. He's uh, gone on work. When will he be back? He'll be back exactly eight hours from now, she tells me. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll ask him to call you. Mm-hmm. Can you give me your number? Yep. So I gave the landline number of my sister's home. Mm-hmm. I calculated. Eight hours later would have meant 4 a.m. in Singapore time. Okay. And she said, don't worry. He'll call you exactly eight hours from today. From now. Mm. I got up at 3.30, went to the telephone and stood by the telephone. Exactly at 4 a.m. he called. Wow. And he says, uh, uh, is that Sanjeev? I said, yes. He says, Dr. Geth Faron speaking. I believe you called me. I said, yes. And I said that I met you in uh, in Jaipur. He said, yes, my wife has told me that you met me. And I, I'm not sure whether I, I can put a face to the name because there are so many people. Right. But maybe I think I know who, who you are. Mm. How can I help you? Mm. So I said, sir, I think I can make some money for you. Mm. So he said, that's interesting. And how how do you th- propose to do that? Mm. Now this guy is a billionaire. Right. He was the world's largest dealer in cement, mm. grey Portland cement. And I'm telling him that I can make some money for you. And I'm a Zero, no one. Right. Yeah. So yeah. how can you make some money for me, Sanjeev? I said, well, sell cement. Mm-hmm. No. So he says, yeah, really? Where? I said, Bangladesh. He said, Bangladesh. I've never sold cement to Bangladesh. I said, well, they are big importers. They okay. import from Indonesia. They import from Taiwan. They import from China. He says, really? I said, yeah, they do. They are because they're a developing country. He said, that's interesting. So uh, he tells me, uh, okay. He says, by the way, uh, do you ever travel to Europe? 
Now, I, I had never, I mean, I traveled to Europe when I got kicked out of Iran yeah. in 1978. Right. Now this is 1984. Mm. So I said well I, you know as it happens I pl- I, I haven't I'm, go- I'm planning to be in Europe next week. <laughs> okay. I had no plans <laughs> to be in Europe next week. He says are you are you going to be in Europe around Europe? Uh, I said yeah next week. He says look I'll talk to my secretary mm. and ask her to fix up a meeting with you okay. since you happen to be around. Yeah. So uh, why don't you uh, r- ring up my secretary Rosie her name is. and uh, she'll let you know what dates are going to be convenient for me mm. so i said next week is the show so i rang up rosie and i said that uh, i spoke to dr gethron she said yes i know you did and uh, uh, can you m- meet him m- exactly one week from today mm. in paris mm. now i am looking at myself and i said now i have to get to paris <laughs> so uh, i flew <laughs> royal jordanian airlines why aman aman is mm. the capital of jordan from singapore right and from aman i transited to uh, Ch- charles de gaulle mm. paris and i was staying in a pension on the west bank and when i got there i first went for a little recce around his office because i didn't want to be late yeah that's my first time i was in paris mm. i mean I so why did you do the recce to make sure that i didn't be late for my uh, meeting the next day mm. and he was in uh, Champs-Élysées Champs-Élysées is the street mm-hmm. and uh, Plaza de la Concorde is where his office was mm-hmm. and uh, Plaza de la Concorde on one side is also the Champs-Élysées palace where the president of France lives mm-hmm. this guy uh, was in a building next to the Crillon hotel which is a very famous hotel mm-hmm. and there's a road there and on the adjacent side of the road was the Maxime's mm, uh, uh, restaurant which is again a world famous restaurant so this guy was very much there and uh, the office where i went to see uh, the american war of independence had been signed there in 1776 or something wow. so i was looking at this as a man i i don't know maybe i hit the jackpot i'm not sure mm-hmm. i arrived there at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning the i've never seen such tall doors the door must have been about 25 feet tall right. it is a huge door oak huge and Uh, I arrive at this fabulous staircase. You enter this hall and this fabulous staircase. It's very, very regal. So I walk up the staircase. The lift is gold. Everything is gold. And I'm, uh, there's only one lady there. She said, yes. So I said, my name is Sanjeev. She said, of course. Please sit down. Tea arrived again in uh, gold rim, gold spoons. I mean, I, it was ornate. Wow. And uh, she tells me, Uh, Dr. Franz ready to meet you. And that was Rosie I'm guessing. No, Rosie was in uh, in Saudi. This ah. was now in Paris. Okay. I don't know who they were. And so I'm having a coffee and I'm wondering now should I finish my coffee or should I uh, Dr. Ferron is going to meet you. What do you do? Do you gulp it down? So she's looking at me little nervous. She says no no please carry your coffee with you. Mm. So I carried my coffee into his room. This guy's office was larger than was like the size of a small uh, um, you know basketball court here wow so the, the office was a huge office here. Mm. massive desk at the end and he's sitting in the in the window like a bay window and he's got these very beads you know these uh, arabs where uh, they spray bu- beads yes yeah, spray beads okay. he's 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 just fiddling with them like that goti slightly balding stout 
Come and sit down. I went and sat down. So I said, I brought my cup of coffee. He says, of course, of course. He said, I'm very casual. So he says, I'm trying to think whether I remember you. Mm. I said, well, I remember you. So, so when you say that, so he says, I think I remember you. Okay. So now we're beginning to build a bit of a relationship here. And he says, tell me, it's very interesting that you can, uh, what about this Bangladesh? Mm. So I said, no, it's about Bangladesh, you know. Now this guy, to give you a little brief, uh, had went and bought six oil tankers, super tankers. Okay. Tankers, which oil, uh-huh. uh, which would apply on the high, high seas. And he takes them to Sweden. And he uh, converted the oil tankers into uh, packing cement. Okay. So bulk cement would be pumped into the holes. Right. And then he w- had a packing factory which packed the cement into uh, 50 kg bags or if someone wanted bulk cement they would come out in a chute directly into your factory. Mm, yep. So you take these big huge uh, ships to uh, United States or any uh, client who's wanting say 1 million tons. Mm. So when you're wanting 1 million tons of cement you can't buy them in bags. Mm. You take them directly into into the chute into your factory that uh, where it is required. Yeah. So the only problem was that we can't do that in uh, in Bangladesh because Bangladesh has rivers. Mm. And the dra- river dra- draft of a river is never uh, big enough to get these super tankers. Mm. So the super tanker will be uh, anchored in the in the sea and then they'll have these dinghies or dows mm. like you get in uh, you know Dubai. And these dows and dinghies will then transport transport the cement from the from the uh, ship to the show and these uh, cement would be in bags now cement would be in bag that would bagged in the on on board the ship and oh, okay. and and when it uh, typically they would be on the on the on the curb side but because the ships were so large we couldn't have a, uh, the ship sitting on the curb side but so from the ship mother ship would come on to dinghies and dinghies would come and bring it to the port. what's the curb side if you don't mind me asking what key side okay with the ship with the ship uh, docks Mm. but since the volume of the cement was so large we needed something like 500 600 trucks flatbed trucks to load the cement and take them away mm. so he calls his uh, lady who was in charge of uh, his international business so he introduced me he says i this is the gentleman i was t- telling you about mm. so she says tell me the story so i repeated the story no i did not know anything i did not know a damn thing other than uh, i'm making a story now as i go uh, about <laughs> bangladesh about cement about these rivers and what little i knew yeah so she says sounds interesting but uh, how how large is the river can can our boats go there so i said well on high tide maybe we can get, get over the sand bank hmm. and uh, on a, on a, on a moonlight night Okay. Uh, we can, <laughs> we can so you're just making this well, stuff. Because the, the moon attracts uh, water, no? so the, 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 the high moon, the, the, the depth of the water is higher. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, so she said, that's interesting. I said, yeah. And uh, what's the uh, draft? I said, well, the draft is about uh, seven meters. So she said, well, you know, uh, seven meters is what we want. So I said, well, uh, maybe on a full moon, we might be able to get seven and a half meters and take the ship across. Mm. But if it... then we need another moonlight night to pull it out again yeah so you should know that maybe little dicey because we don't want to go there and get stuck yeah anyway i ended up swinging a job for okay. myself wow and <laughs> uh, uh, so i uh, she's very going to be based i said singapore mm. so there i was i was 
30 years old staying in singapore reporting to france to this lady this blonde lady and how would you report in just phone calls or in in uh, telex telex those the, the, those telegrams telex. or something yeah. the telex is like a fax but it's a telex yeah okay. it's like a long telegram okay, okay. like a long telegram yeah. then i'd i'd give them feedback on what i'm doing and, mm. and i was traveling all over the uh, uh, southeast asia mm i went to bangladesh many times i went to pakistan i went to sri lanka um malaysia east malaysia west malaysia mm. brunei uh, a wonderful job hong kong nice. and so when you got this commission to do that it's like a commission right yeah. uh, they yeah. say okay we are commissioning you mm-hmm. to go and get us business in bangladesh i believe you're getting quite a fat salary i was at that time i started getting 1500 us dollars a month okay. and with i thought this is fantastic because okay. uh, i was just converting into rupees and uh, dr gethron said listen we'll we'll do a trial for a few months and if it works if if i can get some of my ships there nothing like it mm-hmm. but what i'm trying to say is that the i had the, I built up the confidence level to do that yeah. to bullshit my way through right i mean you, I was, you definitely need that confidence i was talking to a, a cement magnate and i'm advising him on how he should sell his own business you know uh, cement so it yeah. it that takes confidence of course yeah And massive confidence so so, so uh, <laughs> and uh, i must have passed the test because i got the job and wow. even the lady uh, uh, said okay so because they were weighing it up they said how much does it cost us we you come and give us a report on where we can sell cement in southeast asia mm-hmm. from brunei to but these are all sm- uh, very small markets okay. they were talking of million tons mm. where the hell i mean his the ships were uh, anchored off uh, east coast of america mm-hmm. in savannah and georgia where they were you know displacing bulk cement into the into the silos which are on 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 port mm-hmm. I mean, each silo can take million tons so it's a huge operation mm-hmm. but the problem was that his ships were slack he had two ships which were uh, not being used so he said if i can uh, position one of my ships in south southeast asia it will become very good mm. so um, if you can do these things then you get the ability you get the confidence that i can do anything right because education no matter what education you have whether it's an engineer or whether you're mba education to my mind only is a door opener you can get an interview mm. if you call if you qualify from harvard or from iim or from iit mm. but what happens once you do the job once you get the job is another matter that's up to you yep and yep. uh that's where uh things don't happen because but if you have a degree you'll get the you'll get a call for the interview if you don't have a degree then you may not get called for the interview yeah yeah so that's the thing so how would you recommend somebody to develop that confidence to develop that uh, ability to to speak to such high level people because it it should be very uh, intimidating to meet such a person It is. Anything. Uh, it is. I, I told you in my story that uh, had I not had the good fortune of landing the job in Iran, I think I would have turned out to be a total wreck. Mm. And if you, if you, if you, otherwise you got to develop it slowly. It's like building a home. It's brick by brick. You have to build your confidence. Yeah. It's like driving a car. Yes. You start slowly, and slowly, slowly you get better at it. Better at it. Better at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be one way. One way. And. the other way would be to uh, confine yourself to things that you're good at right. for instance you are good at recording you're good at the camera you're good at uh, uh, this is your forte 
right and because you like your job mm. the job likes you it's very mm. simple mm. and because you love what you're doing you can work at it for 20 hours a day and not get tired mm. uh, most people unfortunately at least in india are working in jobs they do not like mm. so when you're working for a job that you don't like say a government office mm. you want you come at 9:30 and you want to leave at 4:30 or be back by 5 mm. so you're basically just marking time right so right. if you end up in a position where you can do a job that that totally takes your full interest yep. you'll obviously do a better job yeah and so if you follow your passion it's very easy to say follow your passion but if you can then that will give you the confidence levels to uh, take it uh, to mm. a higher levels yeah but um, from what i can see is that part of the reason you developed such a confidence is that you already embedded in high circles well that do you think that yeah i was but uh, had i as i told you that I, had i come back with my tail between my legs in iran i think all that would got shattered yeah so uh, that is one the uh, but having said that uh, you must take opportunities because the opportunity is coming away all the time mm. only problem is that most people 99.9% people do are not able to identify these opportunities okay also you must work your ass off mm. having got the job in iran i threw myself into it mm. morning to evening i was in it and uh, within i think within one month i got very friendly to the uh, to the bosses and to the staff and mm-hmm. they started uh, inviting me to the homes for a drink they started saying that sanjeev we travel a lot so would you like to uh, mind a home for us when we are away mm-hmm. so i started doing that so i was not just working for the sake of uh, the money i was working to make my mark mm-hmm. and if you like if the boss likes you then he'll take you up for uh, uh, give you other uh, jobs within the company mm-hmm. so uh, that's what i did so now not everyone may have the uh, uh, the birth or the the circumstances that you had to be able to approach uh, you know these high status men mm-hmm. right so what would you recommend to somebody who is uh, grown up pretty moderately right because in the end if they want to succeed they have to associate them with uh, they have to associate themselves with people of stature right so what would you say to that well i would say to you, you whatever work you're doing you throw yourself throw the kitchen sink into the work mm. and make your mark mm. uh, get noticed you must get noticed and if you can work uh, in a environment which uh, you like mm. that's even better because yeah. then you'll your the productivity that you do will be much better mm. but you must get noticed so don't do anything 9 to 5 you must be earlier than anyone else in the office and you must leave later than anyone else mm. are you as a young person you must work you must work your your ass off as i said yeah that's the only option you have of getting noticed so true and so if true. you do that you'll get picked up Yeah. I mean I I I'm saying this that uh, if you're working in a uh, in a in a cafe as a waiter mm-hmm. you must uh, have the bonhomie you must have the smile you must uh, uh, do things to please your customer right and if you please your customer uh, they will please you by giving you a better better tip if mm-hmm. you don't please your customer they will curse you 
and uh, not give you a tip they might even go and report you or your cussed behavior or attitude to your to the manager in the restaurant and that's not going to help mm. but if you if you if you are pleasant to them they might say that look i want to start a cafe in uh, in goa i want to start a cafe in uh, wherever and uh, would you like to come with me mm. and you never know you might go from uh, goa to bombay you might go from bombay you might land up in, La- in london as a waiter mm. because you please someone yes so even a menial job can get you places but you must work at it yeah and uh, a lot of people are uh, you know very very cussed when they're working in a, they just come dump the uh, cup of tea mm. or coffee onto your table or they just dump the food because they're only there for 4 hours or 5 hours or 6 hours and they're waiting to go home at 5 mm. for whatever else they've got mm. and it's uh, you've been to restaurants and there's nothing worse than uh, being attended to by a sulking or sulky waiter or a waitress because mm. that spoils your mood also yeah yeah so there's one way to handle that right that if you end up with a waiter who's sulking right when i do it all the time that when i sit down there uh um, let's say what would you like to eat or drink and he's always sulking or she so i very uh, often just take out a 100 p note and said that uh, i'd like a coffee and uh, what is this i said this is for you mm. what do you mean this is for me i said it's your tip mm-hmm. but i haven't got the coffee i said no doesn't matter keep it Mm. So suddenly he smiles. Yeah. So he'll bring you a coffee within 5 seconds and he'll come out smiling and he's only smiling for your table everyone else he's grumpy. <laughs> yeah. Try this if you're ever in a train. Mm-hmm. And uh, they when the food cart comes give the guy 100 bucks. Mm. He'll come and give you double helping triple helping uh, free of charge. He'll come and give you biscuits and chocolates if somebody takes the chocolate all you all you given him is 100 bucks. Mm. before the meal not after the meal yeah so uh, this sudden shift in a mindset the person starts smiling yeah and that lifts everyone's uh, you know mood mm. the opposite will drag everyone down yeah in anything that we do uh, in um, i think uh, william shakespeare said this that uh, uh, at the end of the day we are all uh, we are all actors mm life's the play and we are all actors in it okay so you must uh, as i keep saying you must uh, be the part to play the part right you must be the part to play the part mm. for instance and i'll give you a couple of examples and people say no 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 it's not the case but that is the case uh, for example if you are an air hostess mm. you could smile at everyone and even though uh, you don't like that guy who is looking at you or whatever but you still got to smile at the person it's you got to uh, be very bonhomme you got to be very welcoming mm. but if you don't smile that job's not for you mm. if you're going to the marketing side of a business mm. you got to be very talkative mm. you got to be at least have thorough knowledge if you're trying to sell this uh, rode uh, you got to know what this is all about mm. and you got to talk about it mm-hmm. and you may not you may be a silent uh, n- n- non talkative person but when you are in the marketing job you got to talk about it mm. so that's the act you got to put on mm. in yeah. uh, if you are if you are in the army or if you are if you are a cop you got to come out with a tough disposition you cannot be a wimp mm. you get what i mean yeah so you got to play the part to be the part mm. anything that you do you, you can be a, a driver 
mm. but dry properly um, dress properly and then you'll be setting yourself apart from everyone else yeah, mm. yeah. and that'll so take true. you places any anything you do you got to uh, at least pretend that you are um, uh, ahead of everyone else yeah. so right. pretense is very very important i've just given examples of uh, being an air hostess if you cannot smile that's not your job mm. you got to have the ability to dress well and to look pretty and to be uh, you know smiley all the time in case no matter what happens mm. yeah so true so true you know you also said that many people they 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 strive for something but then halfway through they give up why do you think that is then they're not able to make it and you said a lot of it has to do with your mind inaptitude you well i think success word. is uh, is 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 mostly mind driven uh, but what is success what the what, to the, what is success to you may not be uh, what success is to That's abhishek so and to anyone else so true. but at the end of the day uh, success to me has a couple of ingredients mm. success starts from a thought mm. that i would like to start a podcast mm. it has it, then you have the next ingredient is desire mm-hmm. i've thought about it now i'm going to put it together i'm going to need so much money to set this studio up yep and third thing which is the most important thing is the commitment mm. that in order to do it i need to put away 3 hours of my time mm-hmm. now i'm i'm working i, I come home at 7 o'clock in the evening then uh, uh, i've got my wife and i've got my kids then where am i going to find those 3 hours it'll be from typically from uh, 9 to 12 or 9 to uh, 1 o'clock in the morning mm. commitment is where 99.9% of the people fail they falter right in the commitment mm. if you do not commit to something then you cannot do it mm. everyone loves money everyone wants to get there mm. and then they'll find excuses of why they couldn't do something mm. so desire thought and commitment mm. are is that the, if you can c- commit yourself to it then the job will be done yeah it's going to be it's going to be difficult mm-hmm. i'm going to show you that whatever you do is going to be difficult you're going to fall down so you got to pick yourself up as they say if you fall down seven times pick yourself up eight times mm. always pick yourself up yeah you know they say that uh, winners never quit mm. but on the other hand a quitter will never win mm. once you give up then it's like someone's chopped off your legs you will never be able to go back mm. and that becomes the mental ineptitude as i was talking about here because that's then screwed you up mentally that i can't do it i can't do it mm. and that's what hampers a lot of people a lot of people are uh, so many people i'm sure you would know who are, are working in jobs that they do not like mm-hmm. they're living other people's lives in india is very very common go and marry that woman or go and marry that boy uh, go and become an engineer but i don't want engineering mm-hmm. or go and become a doctor so if you end up getting a degree in something which you hate mm-hmm. will you be good at that obviously not you've done your medical degree you got your mbbs but you are you're hopeless because mm. you don't want it i want something else and you cannot break free from the environment you find yourself in mm. in this caste ridden society that we have yep you can't break through mm. so the easiest way to do that is to get out is if you have the guts and say okay i, I want to get out of it i don't want to live in goa because in goa everyone knows me 
then you go away somewhere else go to bombay or go to calcutta go to delhi and there you can make a mark for yourself but mm. if you have that commitment and if you have the strive and the desire mm. but as i've said you're leading other people's lives how do you break away mm. it takes courage right right i love what you said that if you quit it becomes like a mental block that if i have quit at this point and i can't do it if you quit you're done you're done say let's look at a, a super athlete let's mm. look at anyone um, whether it is dokovic or whether it is any super athlete that usain bolt mm-hmm. these guys work their regimen is to work 6 uh, hours 8 hours every day right you work every day mm. they don't have they never uh, sit back and let's uh, say okay now i won my gold medal now let's go and have a beer you mm. can't drink a beer even after winning a gold medal because 3 days later you could you could you were sitting some other part of the world uh, going to be running another race mm. so uh, it doesn't work out that way here in uh, in the indian context uh, the cricketers uh, we are uh, glorified cricketers the captain of the team will come late Mm-hmm. They all come late. Mm. Rohit Sharma and all that, they are unfit. Why are they unfit? Because they don't work enough. They don't work it out. Mm-hmm. And it's it's acceptable here. But in 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 uh, Usain Bolt, if he was to come late, he he will falter in his training. So if you do everything right, the journey, the journey is correct. The fruit will come. Because mm. if you, if you caught all the bases, success will come. but we want the success but we don't want to work for it mm. so where's the chance of that happening it may be uh, oh yeah uh, your your godmother has given you uh, 25 lakhs and you gone and set up the studio where you got to work for it right mm. and if you work for it and you love it yes there will be setbacks how you pull up your socks and continue the mm. desire to continue mm. you're going to fall down yep you're going to take hits so you must get up and continue and and stop blaming uh, the environment and stop blaming uh, karma yes I, i i just read about this yesterday as soon as you blame somebody else and take responsibility of yourself you lose control yeah but that's that's the reason why didn't you not do that oh mom or oh, dad or oh, you're telling your wife or your wife's telling you that i can't do it because various reasons and you are convincing yourself the why you could not do that mm and that's again mental ineptitude it's becoming a block so that's what you mean by mental ineptitude yes. a block yes total block mm. and i'm saying that uh, if you come and sit down and and break the chips and see why that is the case mm. you'll find that that's not the case it's imaginary it's in your mind it's imaginary that's true and in the indian context we talk it we call it karma mm. what is karma karma is a uh, action instead of this if you poured me a glass of whiskey and i drank three straight mugs of this then by the end of the evening i'll be lisping mm. yep that is karma it's action mm. another example is a consequence oh consequence another yeah. example is a, a, a student they mm. should study right. but if they don't study then they'll get bad grades mm. they may pass but they may not won't get good grades if you don't get good grades then uh, you missed out on certain opportunities hmm. karma if you 
plant mango tree seed you only get a mango you not going to get a, a, a chiku mm. yeah yeah that's karma karma is work mm. but we put it down to rebirth we put it down to uh, past lives Mm. and we uh, uh, say that no no i couldn't do the job because it's my past life what did oh, you really? do what did you do did you work your ass off no you didn't mm. you're afraid of the unknown mm. another very important thing is that which i find is very very true is most people 99.9% mm. of the people are living in the past mm. they got the one foot permanently entrenched in the past mm. and they hoping for a good future mm. how how will that happen F- future what do you mean okay future is uh, you got past present and future future yeah now the past is moving at such a you know uh, you know rapid pace before you know it it's over right before you know it, it's over So you are in th- what is uh, t- the future that's going to happen tomorrow is based on today? Mm, yes. Yeah. So forget the past. You got to be, you got to live a life on on today mm. on, on to today's parameters. Forget what's happened. It's almost like uh, the the milk is spoiled, it's over. Mm. Forget living in the past. You you can take uh, uh notes from that. You can take uh, lessons from that. But subsist on the present because today is going to be tomorrow mm. and the past is over yeah so tomorrow today is going to become past tomorrow correct so that's what happens 99% of the people are firmly looking at the at the past and thinking that why they can't do that's an excuse do you know of can you give us an example of somebody you know who hmm. was living in the past and that's why his his present or his future is anyone anyone they can talk of uh, who is uh, li- leading miserable life is sitting in the past so anyone who lives a miserable, miserable life, life is li- is living in the past and you tell them what are you doing i can't do this why can't you do it? no 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 it's so difficult it's in the past mm. something is pulling him down and you're making excuses okay that's true yeah even if i think of people the many people who just are bitter you know this experience happened to me in the past and b- because of that i'm still carrying that bitterness and it's a it's a poison it's an opportunity you must take opportunities opportunities come all the all the time all the time you're getting opportunities uh, this guy uh, richard branson who is the chairman of the virgin group of companies from england yeah. had f- very famously said that uh, life has opportunities all the time if you don't get one don't drive yourself crazy right because people say I'm used to because 10 years ago I wanted to go to Dubai and I missed that opportunity my mm. uncle was taking me to Dubai when was that 10 years ago so mm. what have you done in the last 10 years because Richard Branson says and it is very true opportunities like a bus mm. you miss one forget it stand at the bus corner and and jump onto the next opportunity bus that comes along yeah and and ride that to the hilt mm. as i told you if you even if you're a waiter, waiter you do a good job you could end up becoming a waiter in new york city yeah But if you're a sulking waiter, there is nothing in the world that is going to take you to New York City. Nothing mm. in the world. Yeah. And everyone has problems. Mm. But in the eight hours that you're in the office, at least smile. Yeah. Yeah. Then go back to your miserable life. Mm. 
and with your smile maybe that miserable life will start getting better when you start getting more and more money from your uh, waiting job mm. things will start improve but if you're sulking where are you going to improve mm. so all these people in government jobs who are just subsisting mm. they're not going to make it but you can it's very easy if you start identifying opportunities mm. if you find yourself in a hell hole look yep. for an opportunity be very observant mm. you fall into a well look for an opportunity how am i going to get out of this shit mm. and it is possible be observant yep observe where you are mm. and try and get out observe means being in the present not in the past if you're in the past mm. you cannot observe anything that's powerful yeah and i am saying this uh, with full uh, confidence that if you are in any shit house mm-hmm. observe where you are put your mind to that and say i need to get out of this i need to get out of this i need to improve myself i need mm. to improve myself and you will improve yourself as long as the desire is there mm. and i've seen that you know as as long as you have a desire somehow you make it yeah have you have you you've yeah, definitely no, seen I, that i i i'm definitely i'm definitely there i mean i've you know uh, uh, thrown so many balls up in the air uh, so one of them will land yeah but you cannot let a previous experience uh, a bad experience get you down for the rest of your life mm. that's over mm. it's gone mm. but most people do that and they and they have the education they have the degrees why do all the uh, if you look at any college any uh, any uh, institute any uh, university in india right i was meant all of the world this is parent for all of the world all the uh, the best performers the best i'm talking in studies now mm-hmm. the best students the top of the the top of the line the top graders mm-hmm. 10 years later 20 years later when you look at them the a grade students are always end up working for b grade students in companies owned by c grade students <laughs> yeah yeah why is that they that because the c grade student has nothing to lose oh really he's got nothing to lose he's a, i'm i'm screwed up here anyway mm. so i've got to get out and work my ass off okay the a grade students they it, it gets into the they they become egotistical okay so i'm so good why are beautiful women so unhappy their beauty at the end of the day does kicks them in the backside because the beauty goes to the head mm. marilyn monroe committed suicide mm. if you ever walk into a into a room and there's one beautiful woman all the men are looking at her mm. none of them have the guts to go up to her because mm. everyone thinks are yaar i can't go because um, she's received a million proposals to take her out for a coffee mm. so because of that no one invites her out, invites her out for a coffee okay if you had the guts to invite her out she'd probably come with you yeah you know i like my my grandmom she used to say handsome is what handsome does yeah absolutely you know absolutely and it's more about what you do with your with your with your whatever you have so e- ego is a is a very very bad trait that's a, that'll that'll kill you god i am a ego and, and i can't uh, uh, do this i can't do that i can't uh, i'm i'm a brahmin or i'm i'm the kshatriya or i'm whatever year i am and i can't uh, do this so 
or you become a very good in studies mm. as said the the pretty pretty girl syndrome or the tough guy syndrome mm. nine eight out of ten will end up uh, losing it all mm. and the guy who is a, uh, a loser uh, becomes a winner because he's working his ass off mm. in the 60s uh avis car company had come up with this fantastic ad in the late 60s which car company avis avis car avis avis never heard of that avis avis and the leader at that time was hertz which is still around avis is also still around okay and it's it a car company rent a car uh, like they uh, rent a car where in bombay uh, america okay in america in the us okay mm. came up with this ad it says we try harder mm. I mean look at the uh, Adidas just do it mm. that you want to do something do it mm. Th- there is no good time or bad time to do anything if you want to do it the, the best time is right now mm. if you start saying no no my sister is going to get married or my ma- this is going to happen that is happen if you want to do something jump in there will be setbacks mm. but you have to be willing to take the take the hits mm. and roll with the punch right that's very important and pre- presence of mind mm. presence of mind and, and taking opportunities is what is going to bail you out of any situation mm. i i was speaking to someone yesterday and i really like this person's business acumen so i i asked her how did you develop it she's like you know all you need to do is put yourself in that tough position and automatically you will learn it you know put yourself in a tough position take that step of faith take that uh, that risk and you will eventually learn it well that's one way of uh, looking at it but point is uh, th- once you put yourself in the tough situation there's every chance that you're going to falter yes uh, you, or, you, as i said if you fall down seven times you must get yourself up eight times because once you quit there's no chance of you ever coming back mm. i could have quit in iran mm. i i would have got uh, Uh, I would have come back with my legs uh, chopped off. Mm. I mean, it, it mentally would have, would have yeah, uh, yeah. And then uh, the, lots of people like that. Mm. And then you, then you're on, uh, on the, then you got a huge mountain to climb. You can do it, as I said. You can do it slowly, slowly, slowly. Mm-hmm. What do you, what would you say on the role of mentors? Because uh, there's another line I read which said, you either learn, learn in, you learn in two ways. one is you either learn by mistakes or you learn from mentors what would you say about that both I both both uh, learning from mistakes is, is is a very good thing it's uh, as long as you don't repeat the mistake as i had mentioned earlier because mistakes uh, uh, you know mounts to you know, to uh, experience and then to wisdom mm. but wisdom will only come if you don't keep repeating the mistake yeah yep. um as i say what is the sign of insanity mm-hmm. the sign of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again over and over again expecting a different result mm. the reason you're not getting different result is because it, you it's you you're not hitting the right button if you know mm. by hitting this button is not going to work and you keep hitting that button mm. it's not going to work yeah so true so uh, the ability to pick yourself up because you're going to get hit mm. and you have to be able to sustain that mm. yeah so there will be uh, physical there could be mental to go to write it out 
so uh, the people fall because of the they don't have they're not mentally tough and they, they make excuses mm. so what would you say are some of the remedies for mental inaptitude now suppose someone has gone through a situation where they have quit okay where they have felt like oh man i can't do it how do you get out of that because well, it's quite tough well they'll have to you'll have to come to someone like me and to, i'll have to talk to them try and and break it down why did you give up right and and start putting the shattered pieces together mm. to build up the confidence it's all about confidence mm. they sh- they shattered it's like a glass which is shattered now i have to put piece it back together mm. so i have to tell them actually what you thinking is actually not true get out there and do it see the problem is the, the problem is manifold i i uh if i don't want to do something it's fine i'm telling someone that why don't you get out and do it isn't it? but i don't want to do it mm. i'm quite content with having uh, one cup of tea a day or one meal a day who are you mm. to tell me i need to have three meals i mm. said fine that's your problem mm. but i think you're doing a huge injustice if you won't have one meal a day it's fine but if you're forcing your wife and your kids to have one meal a day i think that's where the problem arises mm. you don't want to go to work you want to cut short your uh, work hours to, and come back at 4 o'clock every day mm. you're not allowing your wife to work so why, 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 and you uh, forcing your children uh, your wife and inter- entire family into penury mm. i think that's wrong mm-hmm. if you got them you you got married you produce the kids you damn will do something about it mm. so true now you wrote this brilliant book and i love the way you you tell your you tell your life story and it's it's quite blunt you know you really it's a brilliant book tell me what was the idea behind writing that book and it's very important that you did but very few people actually do it many many people have amazing stories but they don't come out with a book i love that you have come up with your book so tell me about it it's called rubies in your in my years by sanjeev t lal it's available on amazon you all should definitely check it out i have a personal signed copy by you well actually over the last um 20 odd years or so every time i spoke to people both in india and abroad uh i was always uh, finding a very strange thing that pe- someone would say i can't do this i can't do that uh in Indi- the indian context was i was always finding uh, you know the parallel was uh, round round pegs and square holes and everyone was a misfit either because they they're doing things their parents didn't want them to do or they were doing things the parents did did want them to do and uh, it was always a sense of uh, misfit or unhappiness mm-hmm. and i was trying to under- understand why and uh, in my own work very often i was doing something and i found i did not i did not know what to do i mean i'm at a dead end now what do i do what turn right what turn left mm-hmm. so this business of not knowing what to do Mm-hmm. uh in my career i always found that to be very good and productive because uh if you can turn it around uh it did well on mm-hmm. the other hand it could also turn out to be a minefield so the when i wrote my book i dedicated it to those people who do not know what to do in life mm. i mean i started off in uh, as i told you in political science had i got a job or probably ended up getting a job in calcutta or somewhere for or no, even in delhi you know, 1000 rupees a month or something and what have i made from that so i thought i'd share my 
work experience and whatever I had done. And over the years, I did so many things wherein I ran, ran into a dead end not knowing what to do. Mm. So I always felt that it's not a bad thing. You go through life not knowing what to do. At mm. every juncture, you arrive. I'm doing this podcast. I have never done it before. This is my first podcast actually. So over the first few ones I've done. So uh, there's always going to be a situation where you do not know what to do. Mm. But always use it as a stepping stone to something bigger. Yeah, I like that because in your book you show how many different types of fields yeah, you've worked yeah, in. Yeah. And at I'm sure at all points you were you, you would be completely new to you. Yeah, absolutely. So it's the level of confidence. I remember uh, I I was I was selling SAP software which is the world's best uh, most uh, you know automation software in the world in that time it was 1998. Yeah. It's still yeah. very popular yeah, today. It is. But 1998 it was new. Mm. There were very very few people in India who knew anything about it. Mm-hmm. And I was selling it from New Zealand small country in New Zealand selling SAP software. I came to Bombay. I participated in two tenders with Reliance and uh, Telco at that time. Telco is now Tata Motors. Mm. And I got both those contracts. I mean it was phenomenal. Mm. Phenomenal absolutely. And I I was uh, not an IT background. I was not even an engineer. I was a good old uh, p- political science. But I started talking the language. P- when you do anything mm-hmm. when you do anything if you are doing uh, the work of a f- cameraman you must look like a cameraman mm. you can't come out wearing a suit mm. if you are doing the work of a driver or a worker or a welder you got to f- as a be the part to play that part mm. so similarly when i was selling software i had to talk the jargon right my job as the ceo of the company was to go for business development that means pull in business mm. okay so i would go and meet all the uh, customers and the two customers we had in uh, india was reliance industries that's mukesh ambani and alin ambani they were together at that time and uh, tata motors so now because the software was very uh, in, in those years uh, information technology in india was still pretty nascent those stages mm. so the ceo of most companies and the financial chief financial officer cfo as they call it were non techies mm-hmm. there used to be a chief technology officer or chief information officer those those were the techies mm-hmm. but the ceo and uh, chief financial officer were business people mm. and i was a business guy so i could talk to them right but i had to shroud that in jargon mm. that this is what we are offering you this is what we are offering you so they accepted it for me why did you have to shroud it in jargon so that they would identify you as an it correct, guy correct correct okay correct so when we, when i got the contract uh, when i started positioning my people in in reliance they would come to i would i would a i started uh, traveling like a uh, you know like, like you wouldn't believe every 6 weeks i was coming to bombay mm. every 6 weeks 2 mm. weeks in india 2 weeks in new zealand and 2 weeks in united states america mm. and back because us uh, us uh, india and uh, New Zealand were New Zealand was midway mm. straddling midway between India and Los Angeles. Mm. So for years I was coming to India they thought that I was a IIT guy or they thought I had studied abroad. They did oh, not really? know that I had no technical background. Okay. Uh, so that is a big uh, uh, I thought uh, you know 
meritorious if you like yeah. i remember going to meet to these uh, guys from uh, reliance and they were working on on software programs and i was saying how they're going boys they said no no sanjeev we are trying doing th- we're doing this we're doing that come and have a look and i'm looking at the, the guys goddamn uh, uh, you know Code. i'm looking at his monitor what the hell is he doing i but had to pretend i knew what is <laughs> <laughs> was very good way so i i had a couple of guys who teach me and i won't spit it out <laughs> so it was it was brilliant uh, and then uh, years later when i started uh, buying old homes in goa and started uh, renovating them yeah people come and ask me are you a architect i said no 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 but you designed it so well oh then you must be a, a designer i said no I'm certainly not a designer either so uh, so if you do something with passion right people assume that with the case and you do it you you take it forward yeah so i i became identified as an architect or as a designer for homes i became uh, became known as a must be from which iit are you from are you from bombay no or acha we done if you not done iit then you must be an mba Mm. So I would just smile. I said, "Yeah, we'll talk about it later." <laughs> I, I could not even tell them that I'm not. Yeah. Otherwise, my contract <laughs> might might have fallen through. <laughs> so you got to hold it together. <laughs> Lovely. Tell us about your stint into renovating homes and stuff like that. Well, that started in uh, in in two. When I first came to Goa, I bought a house in in Moira. Right. In 2009. Yeah. And it was a it was a good home, and I needed some more modifications done to it because it had a garden shed. Mm. and i wanted to uh, build an outdoor office i didn't want to have my office inside the house mm-hmm. so i had the, uh, converted the garden shed into an office yeah which is overlooking the swimming pool so people would come from the rear side straight to my office that was working very nicely so when people came from bombay and delhi and they would say what a lovely home do you have can you help me find a property like this so i mm. said i am new in goa but if i do find something i'll let you know mm. and sure enough in my travels i picked up this property even and sold that and made a little money i said this is a this is a cake walk my um, i should do this more often mm. so i started s- selling pro- property in, on brokerage mm-hmm. and i found to myself that uh, that's okay but uh, if i'm uh, selling uh, someone else's property my why don't i do my own mm. it's like it's like selling a car yeah uh, no matter the size of the car if you if you if you are selling a maruti right or if you're selling a rolls royce yeah. i can tell you one thing the process to sell a maruti or rolls royce is the same they're going mm. to ask you the same questions yeah only thing that guy is going to ask you a slightly more uh, you know questions about the size of the engine maruti also size of the engine both guys are going to bring the wife and the mother and law and grandmother and law to have a look at it Okay. They're both going to go through rigorous process of purchase. Uh-huh. So, Marshall sells the Rolls Royce and make a big, bigger commission. Yeah, I mean that's what <laughs> or a Mercedes. That's what yeah. I. That's what I feel. I mean, if yeah. you sell a if you sell a car for six lakhs, how much commission are you going to make? But if right. you sell it for three crores, you're going to make damn sight more money. Yeah, <laughs> theory is the same. So, uh, so here, but you got to throw yourself into that work passionately. Right. You got to learn something about it. Mm. At least pick up the jargon, pick up the notes. Mm. Or what is supposed to do and what is supposed to say mm. and of course the product has to look beautiful mm. so it's uh, the same story here if a, if, a, if a lady is very well accoutred and very well uh, you know with makeup and she looks wonderful then she can uh, she can say that she is uh, she's from that modeling school or she's been there and she can get into the uh, uh, cosmetic business yeah but if she if she can't make herself up properly where is she going to advertise her ways yeah 
So you yeah. got to be your own. You got to be your own signboard. You got to be your own advertisement, if you like. Mm. In in whatever you do, and if you do it well, then people will believe you. Yeah. Can you share some stories about mindset, having the right mindset? You you said you were going to share. Mindset is uh, it's very important because as I said, I mean, I fortunately have been in a position where I've done things I wanted to do. Right. And. Uh, uh i made money i made a lot of money selling uh, it mm. and then of course came to goa and then i started making good money in those years i could buy a home renovate it and sell it for 100% profit mm. i did that also uh, three four times that's how i wound up with uh, where i am right now in donapol yeah so mindset is something which uh, it to me is uh, i want to go there and i'm and i'm not going to let it uh, let anything stop me Mm. and you'll get there as it said the desire and the commitment is there the commitment is the main thing mm. so and i feel that don't tie yourself up in the past if you keep yourself in the present mm. you will get there because mm. past confuses you past is what is pulling all these people who have uh, not done anything they're all in, entrenched in the past mm. so just forget it because that's it's not doing anything for you Mm. think of today because right. today and that's a there's a huge mindset change if you start thinking of today because if you think thinking of today uh, from doing nothing at home write a book mm. twiddle around do something start cooking uh, get into the uh, beauty business industry or whatever it is there's so many things to do gardening mm. uh, a lot can be done but if you entrench in the past there's nothing you can do because all past is failure Mm. and all you're doing is and and that mindset is going to take you back so it's mindset which is going to either take you forward or is going to take you in the reverse gear mm. you need to go forward so direct your mind to the present absolutely what about directing your mind to the future future will happen automatically mm. but taking care of the pre- present Pre- is more important no the most important because we don't know the future the th- today is going to become tomorrow mm. so today will become the future so you have to work on the present mm. you have to work on the present mm. there is only one tense it's the present mm. past is over and the and the present is going to become the future but if mm. you are entrenched in the past and waiting looking at the future both are out mm. position yourself in the present yeah observe be observant what is what is uh, when you say observe what do you mean because you've said it before also but can you elucidate well wherever you are if you can see where you are what you're trying to do what is uh, about yourself uh, the ability or what you can do and be try and identify your strong points and your weak points mm. observe yourself yep know that and uh, well that's another way of putting it and uh, the, a lot of people say that uh, work in your weak points mm i actually say don't do that identify your strong points and sharpen your strong points forget the weak points because mm. everyone has strong points yeah and just so you are in the you are in the uh, you know media business just concentrate on that and break the media business down into whatever uh, areas that you feel work for you and whatever drives you keep hammering away those because mm. soon you can't you know life short you can't carry on uh, being everything to everyone mm. so i would say concentrate on your good points forget the negative points mm. so that's a balance you got to do 
yeah and that comes from observation of yourself that's so true in fact uh, i was speaking about this before very often we are held up by our weaknesses people say oh you're bad at this you're bad at this this is your problem that's your problem you know and that actually leads to guilt and guilt leads to poor performance correct so what you got to do is take out a sheet of paper and write down your strong points mm. in one column and st- uh, write out your weak points in another column mm. and consider the strong points mm. and and start hammering away everyone has something good about them right what is that good thing yeah the ability to do something mm-hmm. and uh, you'll find that whether it is uh, uh, your behavioral pattern or why do some people gravitate to some people and not to others mm. that's leadership right leadership is not by is not an authority that is shoved on our throats like in a government job mm he's your he's your boss from today right he may be no one yeah but positional very, that's positional yeah but very leadership. often people at uh, the lower le- uh, 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 end of the ladder are leaders because everyone is going to them for advice why because it's choice mm. i have a choice whether i'm going to go to you or whether i'm going to go to that person so mm. leadership is not an authority it can be thrust upon us mm. in the armed forces or wherever but it's not necessarily always the right way because some people are not leaders at all mm leaders one who's going to show the way be the first one in be the uh, uh, set examples mm-hmm. what's the f- main ingredient of a leader to inspire mm. to motivate mm. to force people to do some things that is beyond well beyond them mm-hmm. and that comes from motivation so if you look up to someone and that says person says that uh, sanjeev do this mm. oh i'll do that right right the biggest ingredient of a leader is inspiration but if they cannot inspire then they're not leaders mm. they just thrust upon you yep excellent so before we wind up uh, are there some other messages that you want to share for the audience well what i have found is that everyone is going through drudgery or whatever you are in such such a situation mm-hmm. all i would suggest is look at the present mm. where are you and why are you there mm. try and analyze why am i here and why why has my life come to grinding halt for the last 10 years mm. was that the right decision you took and you probably find that is not the right decision you took yeah. how can that be rectified what has happened has happened mm. going forward what can you do can you pull your socks up and do something about it you probably find the answer is very it's right there mm. there's nothing stopping you from doing it mm. maybe you need to start drinking less and maybe not need to start smoking a little less but <coughs> that's always a uh, is always possible mm. the the motivation for you to get there mm. but you must need to get there mm. your desire your requirement your needs your wants that i need to get there and you'll get there mm. so life is short and that's one of the reasons why i say that don't uh, forget the negatives concentrate on your positives 
Mm-hmm. And they will be positive. You just got to identify what they are. Mm-hmm. Everyone has something good about them. Yep. Yep. So Excellent. something good about you may not be good. Uh, the same thing maybe not in the other person. Mm-hmm. So you can mesh, bring it together. Lovely. Great. So where is the best place people can find you? I see your uh, videos on your Instagram profile. I really like them. You're doing a lot of motivational talks yeah. over there. And uh, I love them. I like watching them. Well, you can talk to me on uh, basically on WhatsApp, on my number, okay. on my email. Okay. I'm generally available. What's your Instagram ID? It is uh, Rough Trails. Rough Trails. Rough Trails. Rough Trails. Rough yes. underscore Trails. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Because as I said that I've always, you know, cut it rough. And uh, as I said, that if i can do it anyone else any anyone else can do it and i say mm. that again if i can do it anyone else can do it mm. you just got to have the mindset and the desire and the want to get there mm. hits you will take yep and i can tell you that you will take the hits but as arnold schwarzenegger said in the actor that you can never climb the ladder of success with your hands in your pocket mm as you'll fall off the ladder yeah that's beautiful So if climb the ladder but hold on to the ladder. Mm. Now there is another thing. People say that uh, uh, hedging your bets should have put all my eggs into one basket. Right. Now there are two <coughs> arguments about this. But when you're young and when you, when you, when we got nothing else and you're totally zero right now, whether mm. you regardless of what age you're in, whether you're thirty, forty, fifty. Mm. I would go after what you want even if it means there's only one basket of eggs. Mm. Then you got to make sure that the damn basket of eggs does not break. Mm-hmm. Now when you have an alternative so I'm thinking of doing this podcast but if the podcast doesn't work then I'll write a book. If the book doesn't work then I'll go into doing becoming a guru in drones mm. then you are clouding your mind into negatives you are already thinking if that doesn't work i'm going to go into uh, drones if that doesn't work i'm going to go into something else don't think of that concentrate on the damn objective you have in mind mm. burn your bridges absolutely absolutely don't give yourself an option because once you start thinking that if i if not if i can't uh, cut it and go i'm going to go to bombay no 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 you go to bombay out of your choice but you going to make it here mm. so don't give yourself too many options mm. that's what i feel lovely awesome cuz your mind will then say cuz when you start thinking about that then i then i am trying to do my media then i'm also going to try and do drones and i'm also going to try to do that then you're cutting down on your time spend all the time there where your where your desire is mm. if you if you if you like things enough you'll pick it up mm. yeah passion yep the two things if you have a purpose and if you have passion both mm. with p you will make it mm. remember that anything with purpose and passion you will make you marry the two mm. anything that you do which is tough anything which is rough you're climbing a hill 
anything which is bad you are trying to do you are doing it intentionally don't do it accidentally do it intentionally mm-hmm. i need to go there i need to sweat it out mm. super athletes boxers fighters they taking body hits yep that's intentional mm. so if you do anything intentionally with passion and purpose you'll make it mm. there's no doubt about it it yep. has to be intentional no one went running up a hill by accident mm. you went running up the hill because you wanted to go running up the hill mm. you're not going to climb mount everest just accidentally mm. intentional yeah passion purpose if you find your passion and you find your you if you find a passion you probably find your purpose and you find your purpose and you add passion to it the food will become better mm. so true so true beautiful beautiful well thank you so much mr sanjeev bye pleasure it bye. was uh, amazing and i believe a lot more people need to read your book the book is available on amazon it's called ruby in my years by sanjeev t lal lovely book i loved it and uh, thank you so much for this time thank together. you very much thank you very much very kind of you let's hope uh, it gets some traction yeah well that was our third special episode of the creative genesis podcast what did you think about it we would love to see your comments in the comment section on youtube and this podcast is also available as an audio so you can listen to it on all audio platforms like apple podcasts Spotify, Amazon Music, all these. Please subscribe to this channel so that more people will get to know about these amazing speakers. This podcast is also available on our Instagram creativegenesis.podcast. So check it out there. We would love if you would give us a 5-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so that more young people get to know about these incredible stories which can help them to change and transform their lives. Well until next time this is Ryan Lobo stay tuned